Hello and welcome to Cavalcade of America from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Cavalcade of America, presented by DuPont. Next week in Memphis, Tennessee, the annual Cotton Carnival will be celebrated. As a salute to King Cotton, the DuPont Cavalcade this evening presents Songs of the Mississippi, featuring many of the melodies which have been inspired by the traditions of the Great River. On previous programs, we have told you the story of cotton and cellulose, and many people have written in to say that they enjoy the stories of chemistry given each week at the close of these broadcasts. Tonight, we have something especially interesting, the story of a material so common, you'll find it in every home, yet so uncommonly useful that many of the most important chemical products couldn't be made without it. It is the story of common salt. You'll hear some curious facts about the results of chemical research and how ordinary table salt helps the DuPont Company to make good its pledge, better things for better living through chemistry. On tonight's program, the singers will include Everett Clark, Charles Harrison, Phil Dewey, and Alden Edkins with the orchestra under the direction of Don Voorhees. The DuPont Cavalcade moves forward. Day and night, through the parade of seasons and centuries, a mighty river coursed with an ageless murmur in the vast solitude of a dark and unknown continent. On rippled this glittering stream in a colorful primeval setting of gleaming blue skies, of lush green shorelands and tall lonely forests, knowing only the cries of wild birds, the solitary song of an Indian flute. And then one day in June 1541, a band of Spanish adventurers and a few Indian guides stand wearily in mud-splashed, tattered garments on the bank of this great picturesque river. At last, the river, Commander de Soto. Is it not a wonderful sight? In truth, it is, Pedro. A river of dreams. Has it a name? The Indians name everything. Our guides would know. I shall ask Wild Eagle. 
Bid the men sit down and rest, Pedro. Soldiers, at ease. Wild Eagle, tell us the name you call this river at our feet. White Father, Red Man, Hall River, Algonquin name. Two words. What are the Algonquin words, Wild Eagle? Mishi. That means great, Commander DeSoto. Sipi. And that river. Mishi Sipi. Great river. It is a great river. One can almost hear the whispers of the waves in its name. The Indian guides say there is corn to be had on the other shore. That's what I'm interested in, Commander DeSoto. I, I learned about the corn at the village of Kifki. Therefore, we must cross this river, Pedro. Hungry as we are, Commander, I fear we could never ford it. It is wide and treacherous. Nowhere in the hills and valleys of our beloved Spain have I ever seen such a river. If we attempt to cross, we shall surely drown. No, we shall cross it, Pedro. But to the Eternal Father, let us first sing a hymn of praise to commemorate our discovery of this beautiful stream in the garden of the new world. Soldiers, arise. Mr. Dayum, Commander DeSoto. Aye. In honor of this great river, the Mississippi, let us sing the Te Deum. Te Deum, Mississippi by Hernando de Soto after its Algonquin name, these Spanish conquistadors discovered the southern waters of the Mississippi in 1541 at a point not far from the present site of Memphis, Tennessee. And as the years passed, the river flowing through the heart of our country has inspired men of every generation to compose humorous, classic, spiritual, and folk songs always plaintively reminiscent of the stirring moods and legends of the Mississippi tradition. Taking its source in the silence of northern lakes and forests, in the natural grandeur and serenity of the northwest, the upper waters of the Mississippi were discovered in 1673 by Louis Joliet, a French explorer, and Jacques Marquette, a Jesuit missionary. It is a bright morning in spring as the canoes are paddled down the confluence of what is now the Wisconsin and Mississippi rivers. 
There is the great river, my father. The current looks dangerous. Its flows make it seem very wide. Well, Louis, it has been a month since we left Saint Ignace. And now our labor is rewarded. <laughs> Look, there are some deer standing over there in the shadows. And the trees, walnut and oak, basswood. I must remember to jot it all down in my journal. <laughs> Your journal. Must you always talk about that journal, my father? I can't stress it enough, Louis. In it will be recorded the history of our explorations. And today, I'll write in it the happiest incident of the voyage. And there is the incident before us. The great river, my father. These are the upper waters of a mighty stream, Louis. The river of a continent. And they flow south. Southward to the blue gulf and the distant sea. century passed. The French established settlements north and west of the English colonies along the Atlantic seaboard. It is April 1682, a party of 50 men, all in canoes, led by the brave adventurer René Robert Cavalier Sieur de la Salle, has floated the length of the Mississippi and reached the place where the great river divides to flow into the Gulf. There, a landing is made. La Salle is talking with his friend, Tonti. It is the fulfillment of my dream, Tonti. All this country for our king. What monarch will reign over such an empire? This will make France the mightiest kingdom in the world. Is the column set up? Aye, Commander. In later years, we will mark the boundary of New France with a column of stone. Today, that sturdy tree must suffice. Mark it with the fleur-de-lis. The banner is fastened to the post, monsieur. This merits the ceremony. Order the men to assemble. Men! Gather around the court. Draw swords. In the name of His Most Christian Majesty Louis the Fourteenth, by virtue of our exploration, I take possession of this river and all surrounding territory, and christen it in His name, Louisiana. <laughs> Spain and England at different times ruled over the land bordering on the Mississippi. But the river has emerged with a tradition that is richly American. The Louisiana Purchase in 1803 gave to the United States a vast, uncharted wilderness and doubled the size of the newly born republic. As the decades pass, even as numerous river currents flow from the east to empty into the Mississippi, so also generations of settlers migrated from the Atlantic seaboard to build homes and cities along its fertile shores. Those were the days of plantations, of barges laden with pork, flour, and tobacco from Kentucky, cotton from Tennessee, cattle, corn, and horses from Illinois and Missouri. The days when picturesque cotton pickers sang river songs like Roll Out, Heave That Cotton, a scene that greets the eyes of Captain Bill Hawks and his daughter Sally as they stroll along a dock on the St. Louis waterfront. But I don't understand, Papa. Why do you have to take your boat down to New Orleans tomorrow? You've only been home a week. 
Well, potatoes and apples don't keep long. Got to ship them sooner in an April shower. That's why I'm casting off tomorrow. Well, if you must, you must. Papa, who's that man standing there watching your men load the barge? Why, I don't know, daughter. Taller than an Iowa cornstalk, ain't he? Mm. He has a face like a hawk, too. <laughs> Seems fascinated with their singing. Yeah, I noticed that. How those boys sing. Papa, let's go over where we can hear them better. tiresome on the voyages down the river to New Orleans. Just like the cotton pickers, the dock men are always singing like that. I couldn't take my eyes off that tall young fellow over there. He, he seemed to be smiling a while ago. Yeah, well, he's frowning now. Must have something on his mind. I think I'll speak to him. Howdy, stranger. Good morning, sir. You like to listen while my boys load that barge and sing? Yes, I do. When they sing about the Mississippi, it sort of seems like the voice of the river itself. Oh, I like this song. One more river to cross. Yeah. They're mighty cheerful. But they work so hard. I have a deep sympathy for them. Someday, I hope I can do something to help them. Come to think of it, I've never seen you around here before, stranger. I reckon we better get acquainted. I'm Captain Hawks. This is my daughter, Sally. I'm pleased to meet you, folks. Howdy. I come from up in Illinois, Salem Way. My name's Lincoln, Captain. Abe Lincoln. stimulus of early American commercial enterprise, the Mississippi soon became the country's most important inland trade route, and the flat-bottomed stern wheelers that swarmed its shallow waters contributed more than almost any other factor to the development of the new Louisiana Territory. This gay, colorful period extended into the 70s and furnished American writers with many exciting and romantic stories. During this time, the famous race between the riverboats Natchez and Robert E. Lee took place, which later inspired many songs that mirrored the gay atmosphere of the time, such as Waiting for the Robert E. Lee, Steamboat Bill, and Down the Mississippi.
have captured the many moods and impressions of the Mississippi River. The vivacious spirit of our nation flows through every fiber of its melody, and its tempo beats with the surging might of the sweeping Mississippi's waves as they cross downward from the northwest, past farms and forests, past low green hills and endless plains, past storied communities of the deep south, whose nightlights twinkle like crowns of diadems on the brows of bluffs overlooking the river. Down to the romantic city at the mouth of the Mississippi, New Orleans. Typified at Mardi Gras time in Bertie Grofay's Mississippi Suite in the selection Mardi Gras.
And as people have done through centuries, an old man and his grandson walk along the riverbank. It is twilight, and the shadows are lengthening over the paths of Audubon Park in New Orleans. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I That used to be so hard to spell, it almost made me cry. Do you know that song, Grandfather? I've heard it. I reckon I've heard most every song that's ever been written about the Mississippi. Sad songs, gay songs, songs to make you laugh, and songs that make you want to cheer. And all Americans. There's nothing in our country more typically American than the Mississippi. It's seen a pageant of history, my boy. Along its shores are memories of great men, great deeds. It's the greatest river in the United States, isn't it? Yes. And part of its greatness is because nobody seems to think of it as just a river. It's a personality. Old man rivers. He can be calm and helpful, or cruel and relentless. He's been a factor in the building of our nation, and he's been a force of destruction. We love him, and we fear him. And we make songs about him. Yes. In some countries, he would have been immortalized in verse or in monuments. But here in America, he's been expressed in song. As an inspirational climax to all songs composed about this lordly stream, none more surely captures its character, none portrays so vividly in the surging flow of its melody the ageless sweep of the Mississippi's powerful waters better than the song from Jerome Kern's operetta showboat, Old Man River.
Since that day in 1541, when DeSoto and his men sang a hymn of praise on seeing it for the first time, men have lifted up their voices in song to the great American River. DuPont salutes these authors and composers of Song to the Mississippi who have perpetuated these never-forgotten traditions in the cavalcade of America. In ancient times, salt was so scarce as to be almost a luxury, and it formed the chief article of trade in many countries. Cakes of salt have even been used as money in such countries as Abyssinia and Tibet. The word salary, a pleasant word to all of us when our paychecks are due, comes from the Latin word salarium, meaning the wage given to Roman soldiers for the purpose of buying salt. Salt is even more important today, but the reasons for its importance have changed. Today, vast quantities of salt are consumed in making many useful chemical products. At Niagara Falls, New York, the DuPont Company's R&H Chemicals Department has a factory that uses salt as its chief raw material. First of all, DuPont chemists put electricity to work breaking up salt into two valuable chemical elements, chlorine and sodium. The chlorine is used for bleaching cloth and paper and for purifying water, a great safeguard to public health. One use of the sodium is to make sodium cyanide for electroplating, the process that produces shiny metals, such as you have on your car. Sodium cyanide also is used for the extraction of gold, for the hardening of steel, and for fumigating. Sodium, likewise, goes into the making of sodium perborate, a useful antiseptic and the main ingredient of many tooth powders. In addition, perborate and sodium peroxide, another salt derivative, are used for bleaching textiles. Still other useful chemical products are made at this DuPont plant from chlorine derived from salt. For example, methyl chloride, an unusually quick-acting refrigerant. From salt also, a number of solvents are made for removing grease from leather, metal, and wool, for extracting oils, and for another use more familiar to you, dry cleaning. Perchloroethylene and trichloroethylene, marketed under the trademarks Perclean and Triclean are especially fine dry-cleaning fluids. Manufacturing these products in the DuPont Company's Niagara Falls plant means jobs for some 1,400 people who earn a total of $3 million a year. Many other people are kept busy supplying various raw materials. 375 freight cars full are shipped in each month. And between four and five hundred freight cars full of finished products leave the plant every month. So there's work for railroad people, too. This whole story of salt and the many useful products chemists make with it adds up to another illustration of the DuPont Pledge. Better things for better living through chemistry. <laughs> Colonization of California, the story of the California missions and the Franciscan friar Junipero Serra, will be the subject of our broadcast when next week 
At the same time, DuPont again presents The Cavalcade of America. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. (laughs) 